Everybody shut up and sync is back. Just let me take you to a better place. I'm gonna make you kiss the sky tonight. This is the power of movie songs, people. We've been saying it for ages. <laughs> it took a trolls movie to get in sync back together. What can't movie songs do? That's right. We're talking about InSync's new single, Better Place, from the third Trolls movie, Trolls Band Together. And even though Trolls Band Together doesn't come out until November, there's no way we could stay silent about this song until then. So strap in. Here we go. Here we go. I couldn't resist. Let's start the pod. Hello and welcome to The Song Will Go On, the podcast inspired by the songs, inspired by the motion pictures. I'm freaking out, a.k.a. <laughs> Sophia Matano. <laughs> Joining me today is the Justin to my JC. It's my co-host, Paolo Grassini. Hey, Paolo. So this is our version of an emergency pod. It you is. Know? Mm -hmm. Other people's Supreme Court hearings, they stop, <laughs> emergency pod, here the song will go on, and sing reunites for a soundtrack song. Mm -hmm. It's emergency pod. That's Drop right. what you're doing. Get on the mic. <laughs> That's right. So when we're recording this, it came out yesterday uh, on September 29th. And this has been making the waves online. This is highly anticipated ever since they showed up at, I think it was the VMAs to give yeah. Taylor Swift that award. Um, yeah, there have been murmurs. Even though I sometimes live under a rock, I did see the clip. Congratulations. I did see the clip. I have. <laughs> I am aware of the online chatter. I mean, when Taylor Swift says to you, so what are you guys are planning? <laughs> yep. You know, like there's not a bigger ripple wave in pop culture yeah. than when that happens, you know? That's definitely fair. So today we're doing things a little bit differently because like we said, the movie that this song is for isn't out yet, but we're not waiting until November to talk about this. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, trolls. <laughs> um, so we are just going to jump in. What a shame. In. What a shame. Yeah, what I know shame. you guys are all really disappointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we are just going to talk about the song, talk about sync, do some first impressions around here because the song is still pretty fresh. It just came out. So I think that this will be a fun one it's gonna be a little cash sorry to disappoint anyone who clicked just for the troll discussion <laughs> okay well okay actually i i did watch the first trolls movie <laughs> it's on netflix go watch it um it was cute it was a cute movie i'm not gonna lie so since we have no movie set up, I'm just going to dive into the song setup, and then we will get to discussing. Sound wow, good. even impressive that you have a song set up. Oh, I do. Trust. Okay. Trust. Is it, it came out yesterday. <laughs> yeah. No, there's more than that. And I actually significantly cut down. I had about three pages about the history of NSYNC, and I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe... We don't need this much detail. So. This is one of the times I wish we were a video podcast, because if you just can see Sophie, she is at a 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I really am. I need to I need to cool it down. OK, here we go. Here we go. I did it again. Okay. I mean, this is this is basically if Oingo Boingo reunited to make a movie song for, for you. Me, okay. For me. OK, I will bring yeah. the excitement. 
saying 12 energy. So okay, okay. I understand, Sophie. Well, you know what? Now that it's out there, we're going to manifest that for you because we manifested this for me. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm just getting excited thinking yeah. about it. Like, we really did put it out in the air. Yeah. Sophie, let's hear that song setup. Okay. Better Place is a 2023 song by American vocal group slash boy band NSYNC for the film Trolls Band Together. It was written by Justin Timberlake, Shellback, and Amy Allen, and co-produced by Timberlake and Shellback. This marks the first release from NSYNC in over 20 years. InSync was formed in 1995, and it's also the best thing that's ever happened to planet Earth. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I could slip that one and get it past you, but no. Okay, the group is made up of members Chris Kirkpatrick, JC Chazay, Justin Timberlake, Lance Bass, and Joey Fatone. Some of their biggest hits include Tearing Up My Heart, Bye Bye Bye, and It's Gonna Be Me. Shellback is a Swedish songwriter and record producer and four-time Grammy winner. Of course he's Swedish. They're all, all of the hit makers <laughs> yeah. are Swedish, right? Pop is a Swedish genre, basically. It, 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 honestly, because he is a regular collaborator of the one and only Max Martin, who is not the focus of this episode, but he's a titan of music over the last three decades. His fingerprints are all over pop music. Look into him if you're not familiar. Yeah, here at The Sun Will Go On, we do Mount Rushmore of soundtracks. If we were to do Mount Rushmore of pop music, yeah. he's he's one of the four. That's right. And stay tuned for InSync's Mount Rushmore of their own songs. Oh! <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So Shellback linked up with Max Martin and they started collaborating around 2008. He has co-written and produced for the likes of Britney Spears, Pink, Maroon 5, and possibly most notably in recent years, Taylor Swift, having worked on several of her albums. He has so many hits under his belt, and one of those being, for the purposes of our talk today, Can't Stop the Feeling, along with Max Martin and Justin Timberlake for the first Trolls movie, earning them a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Original Song in 2017. Okay, last up in this is Amy Allen. She had a singing career of her own before becoming predominantly a songwriter. Allen has co-written songs for the likes of Halsey, Harry Styles, Justin Bieber, and Selena Gomez, among others. Ever heard of these? Just this last year, she was nominated for a Grammy in a brand new category, Songwriter of the Year, Non-Classical. It's about time. Why was this not a category before now? I was kind of shocked to learn that. She also won a Grammy for Album of the Year due to her contribution to Harry Styles' album, Harry's House, which was a smash hit. All right, I think that's all the context we need to get started. 
That's impressive, so That's a really good tongue setup, considering the song is just so fresh. I cut out approximately two pages of in-sync research, which I might just spurt out at you off the cuff while we're discussing. Well, it's not like this is a surprise for you, but I'm actually very well versed in NSYNC. This was going to be my question. What is your connection to NSYNC? My connection would be, I would say, stronger than the typical millennial kid who grew up with NSYNC. Mm. You know, I feel like boy bands were so big when we were young Mm -hmm. and they had such a fan base, female driven, that there was this male audience that was just like, oh, boy band, you're lame. Sure. Yeah. There was a stigma. Definitely. But not me and not my friends. Like I was into, well, I was really into the Spice Girls. I loved it. I went and saw Spice Girls at the movie theater. I wasn't that connection with NSYNC level, but I definitely partook in the NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys. I'm really glad that you brought this up because there was absolutely a rivalry. I mean, maybe not so much on the band's level, but probably on the fans level. Like you really had to sever ties with your friends if they liked Backstreet Boys and you liked it. When I hear all the things about K-pop, I can relate because this is one version of fandom that I participated that is similar to what K-pop is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you ask if you ask me back then, I had definitely a certain opinion and it was NSYNC is way, way better. This surprises me. I would have I would have said that you were a Backstreet Boys kind of guy. No, I always thought Backstreet Boys was like took themselves too serious. Huh. OK. And Sync always to me had like a layer of fun that was cool. Mm. I also think Justin Timberlake was a better front man. Yeah. From man, but then you know, Backstreet Boys didn't have anyone like that. Like if you were to do one versus one of like each one, you know, right. Yeah. There's there's no one to take on Justin. You know? That is fair. Their best backstreet cannot go one on one with Justin. Mm-hmm. It it is hard to argue with Justin's charisma, that's for sure. And also JC. Well, look, let me let me just say Oh my god, I stumbled on something I can see so many. I for years have been like if there was anything that I would take to the streets with a sign for that was like <laughs> not an important cause, but the people just have to know. It would be justice for JC. And now online, I don't know if it's just my algorithm, but I'm getting a lot of justice for JC stuff. So I'm glad that people are joining the movement because JC had it. He had it. He was a little bit more grown up than Justin. Justin was definitely the more fun one. Yeah. But JC, he had the recipe. He had that magic combination of dancing and singing and the looks like those cheekbones. They'll cut you. It really is just still baffling to me that everyone let his singing career, his solo singing career, I should say, kind of wither away. So going back, I, I mean, shit, I'm in a I'm on a crossroads. Okay. I, I feel like I, I'm on a fork. There's two ways I can go because you were talking about JC mm. and I can go that direction and actually tie it to the song. Okay. Because I do think this song has a little bit of justice for JC. Yeah, he's he's present. He's present. He's not only present, like he's equally. Well, that was always what NSYNC was. The two leads were always Justin and JC. Yeah, no, I know that they were the two leads, but that was NSYNC back then. I wouldn't be surprised if NSYNC now, you know, this is this is Justin's song. It is. And fans have already noticed that when you go on Spotify and you look at the credits of the song, it's NSYNC, comma, Justin Timberlake. Was that necessary? 
I'm not sure. I know, of course, he's the reason that they're all there, right? Because he's a voice in the Trolls movies. But I don't know if if it really is an in sync reunion. You hmm. got to think about the legalities, you know, copyright and royalties and all that stuff. Fair, yeah. You know, if you he did co-write the song, that's right. I, I guess I see it very music business like, and I, I don't read that much into it. It's also so that on the apps it'll show up under his name when you go to his page. I understand. I understand why, but I did clock it when I clicked on that song. Yeah, but well, I guess I I made my decision on which path to take. We're on the JC discussion, but I think it was like to say that he was the best part about this song. I don't think I can say that because Justin also wrote the song and Justin's falsetto is pretty good. Like I'm not saying that Justin's part, but I found myself enjoying JC's part more, which is an unusual thing for myself with NSYNC songs. This is not an unusual thing for me. And I agree with you. I did enjoy JC's parts more than Justin's. However, that could be just because my ears were so hungry for JC. It was such a delight to hear him sing again. It had been so long. I was just eating it up. I was taking any second that I could. But in in true Justin Timberlake fashion, those falsettos in the chorus are are on point as always. We're, man, there's so I feel like there's so many ways to go. I know I I'm wanna, overwhelmed. I want to come back to like our connection and I do nostalgia. Okay, but I want right. to come back to it later. Let's just talk about the song right okay, now. Okay, yeah. First impressions. Walk me through your listening experience. Well, first, 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 first impression. Yes. The first thing I listened to was that whistling. I was like, oh no. This is a bad start. Mm-hmm. We've talked about <laughs> whistling pop here, like could potentially be the new butt rock whistling music. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, this is too much whistling for me. But no, the song started and I think is a pretty great song, honestly. OK, great. I got no complaints. Like it might be the weakest of the Trolls songs. That doesn't mean it's like not good. It reminded me a little bit of Dua Lipa's Barbie. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about like that disco influence. Absolutely. Groove driven, bass driven. And I feel like the cool thing about what Justin has done with his troll songs, you know that these songs are going to be catchy and danceable. Of course. I wouldn't be surprised if that's are his marching orders. Do anything you want as long as like it has a danceable beat. It's catchy. So yeah, in that sense, like I like this song. I thought it I honestly could have been a lot worse. Could have been better. Sure. Yeah. The, I mentioned the Dua Lipa. Like to me, that has like a more interesting like musical arrangements. There's more interesting things happening there in that song for Barbie. Having said that, still like it hits the right emotional beats. I think the song needs to be in. All right. So that's definitely my take. But what did you think when you heard the song? I will walk you through my listening experience. Okay. I too clocked the whistling. I wasn't that yeah, into you, it. You, yeah. After watching the first Trolls movie, I can see how you need a transition from talking or silence to singing. And I think that whistle is a good bridge into a song. Next impression, JC sounds exactly the same. He sounds good. He, he sounded, sounded good. gorgeous. Yeah, I was very happy to hear him as always. Next impression in all caps is gorgeous harmonies. In particular, these two sections, We Do It Better and Kiss the Sky Tonight. You know that we do it better. I'm gonna make it kiss the 
that's the thing with NSYNC. It's just like on the technical side, they they had something. They have something, you know, they always brought it. Like you couldn't knock on that. They were arranged for those harmonies. That was always a tenant of NSYNC's songs. And that was, I think, really the the magic that made them so popular. Backstreet Boys had it a little bit, and of course, all of the R&B groups, but NSYNC bridged that R&B into pop, and they just did it so amazingly. So I knew that we were going to get some harmonies in this song because that's what makes it an NSYNC song. A lot of people online were saying, this is a Justin Timberlake song with NSYNC members in the background who you can't really hear except for JC. And I see that. I see that too, if, honestly. Yeah, I can't. If, you, if I'm looking at it, pessimistically, I do see that. But I listened to it again with some high quality headphones, really focusing in on trying to hear all of those voices. And do not quote me on this because I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that Chris is backing up Justin in the chorus because he's the group's countertenor. So I would not be surprised if he is layered in there for that falsetto. I also can hear Lance coming through pretty strongly on the harmonies because he has that such a deep voice. He's the base of the group. But my main complaint about the song is I feel that the vocals are overworked. Yeah, that's what I was I was going to say. I yeah. was disappointed with the autotune present, even though it wasn't that much. But yeah, like, I, I wasn't sure if it was autotune or if it was a reverb or something. But there is a very prominent echo on their voices, which takes me out of it. I'm trying to enjoy all of these voices. And then especially when they're singing together, it's really hard to decipher all of the layers of that because I feel like they've mixed them so well. So I think it's just an overworked, too much of an effect on the vocals. And that's the point of my experience where you go back, man, I wish we could go, you know, pre 2000s and sing stuff because they're before the autotune era, and not just autotune, just a lot of like processing effect, mm-hmm. you could have enjoyed that aspect of them as a group. And in sync in particular, I think we're known for having such crystal clear voices, especially in their first album and actually on their holiday album, which has that amazing single that they wrote. You can hear every single voice in those harmonies if you want to pick them out. And going forward in their discography, it gets less and less. If you really want to hear them, look up live performances. They always sing live and they're always amazing. And you can really hear who's singing what. And it's not just the JC and Justin show. Yeah. My devil's advocate or response to that comment, like this is just a Justin song, would be that going back to the K-pop analogy. Audio is not the only experience of this. Right. You know, it's the complete package. Just seeing the five of them next to Taylor, like that's, you know, like it's a visual experience too. Like it's the personalities, it's the music video, like how they are as a group. Like Justin's solo career is like a very different vibe. Put them as a group. It's a whole different product, a whole different experience, a whole different thing. And Again, we're just getting started. Who knows if they have like a specific music video that comes soon or just some other aspect of it where that would be the area where like you can get more of like the group contributions. And of course, they haven't confirmed any next steps. However, 
seeing them together in this way, this isn't going to be it. Yeah. This wasn't like when they reunited in 2013 when Justin Timberlake was on, it was, what was it, like an, the MTV Vanguard Award? Yeah, something like yeah. that. It, it he wasn't, just brought him yeah, out and then they... Yeah, yeah, he brought him out and then they bloop, dropped down into the stage after their little set finished. This feels very different. Again, going back, when Taylor Swift in front of a live audience asks you, so what's next? What's going on here? Yeah. It's basically the opportunity is basically handed to them on a platform. Like people are so excited. They are front and center right now on the internet. They have all the momentum. All mm -hmm. you got to do is just roll with it. So, I hope, uh, I really hope this means another album. It has of, to. It of, has to. Of course, I hope that this means a tour. But and also, I don't know if everybody is up for that. It's been 20 years. They were like, professional athlete level like they were dancing and singing live throughout their entire concerts for years so i don't know if they're up necessarily to that task right now but i you could wheel them out just like have them <laughs> just park them right there give them a microphone and i would be happy the uh i i did see that uh lance bass was interviewed and you know i think it was entertainment tonight or something they asked him one of the ones yeah yeah well it's a youtube clip I had to specify because I like I don't watch entertainment tonight <laughs> on the TV as <laughs> a YouTube clip. But obviously they asked. That's the question, right? You guys going to do anything more? And like if you're not going to do anything, there's a type of way to answering that. This is a sort of like we'll see kind of thing. Yes, yeah. we we are. We don't have the details of it, but we are working on it. Or we can't say. Or we can't yet. say. Yeah. This is a soundtrack franchise. Yeah, and it is. I honestly, off the top of my mind, because again, we're this an emergency pod. We're just I'm just reacting. I can't think of other like movie soundtrack franchises. Like Justin has been involved with all three movies, and it, it feels like at this point, like another Trolls movie, another Justin Timberlake music. That's right. They're like hand in hand. Yeah. So in the second one, he had a song with SZA. I listened to it. Okay. And it's actually pretty good. <laughs> Of course it is. It's it's also Max Martin and Ludwig Göransson were on that. Yeah, it is pretty so, good. I was listening like, wait, why didn't I? Where was I? I, I don't know. I, I might have to revisit that after the pod because it was really good. And that's what I meant with like the new one. Like I wish it had more of the uniqueness of that song. Like that song has some really cool okay. ideas happening instrumentally. But going to, again to the soundtrack franchise, like even Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Post Malone had a song, Sunflower, for the first one. Right. Most streamed song in Spotify that year. Sequel, they get Metro Boomin. They pivot. Black Panther, they get Kendrick Lamar. It's a huge success. Right. Sequel of the movie, he doesn't come back at something else. Like, no matter how big you get on soundtrack, it doesn't guarantee that... This kind of relationship, this is sort of, again, I don't want to say unique, but at the top of my head, I can't think of something like this where it's like a soundtrack franchise. It's pretty cool in that idea. Like, <laughs> I guess this is like a new concept in the soundtrack universe. There's a soundtrack franchise. Well, because everything's a franchise now. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't used to be the case necessarily. Is there anyone happier right now that whatever executive is involved with the Trolls movie because... At a moment where 
you basically cannot promote a movie. The writer's strike yeah. just ended, but still the actors are on strike. You have no way of promoting a movie. How lucky are you to have a soundtrack that is taking over the internet and doing all the heavy lifting for you and the promotion aspect of it? Yeah, that's a great point. So that's why I was like, this is their best way of promoting this, the movie, their only way. It's pretty genius. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to make me see the movie, but it's still pretty genius. And also, speaking of genius, whoever in the room came up with like, wait, our movie is called Trolls Band Together. And our star is Justin Timberlake. And we need to get his band together back again. Well, I'm, I, doubt it's a, I doubt it's a coincidence. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a thing. But yeah. whoever, whoever said, let's make these two things align... Yep. Bravo, bravo. I I did see the writing on the wall for this because I forget what we were seeing, but the Trolls Band Together trailer was playing. And in it, they play I Want You Back. Oh. And I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> Why are we digging up this old and sync song if not for something big to come? Yeah, wink, wink. So I... I I sat patiently. I said my my prayer every night. <laughs> and my <laughs> and prayers was have been answered. answered. <laughs> All right. I guess last thoughts on present day. How do you feel, Soph? Like, how do you feel now that you've had your first new and sync song in how many years? And the future, even though it's not confirmed, looks promising. What what is it? What would you like that future to be? I feel like I have to eat my words a little bit because in the age of everyone going back through the annals of whatever pop culture thing they can dig up and say, oh, yeah, we're doing a reboot. Oh, yeah, let's just do it again. Disney remaking all of their movies in lieu of coming up with actually new material. And I would kind of say, tisk tisk, shame on you and kind of wag my finger at them. And now NSYNC is back and I'm like looking at their website for merch. They have new merch. They have new merch, by the way. They have new merch. So I I need to eat my words a little bit there, but I think I, I'm optimistic. I think that all of the members, not that I can speak for them personally, of course, but I think that they're all in a place where they are excited to do this. I don't think anyone is doing it begrudgingly. I mean, they said there were tears on the studio there when were. they were talking. Which by the way, I would love to hear those outtakes. When they broke up, it was absolutely because Justin decided so and was going to do his solo career. And I don't think that there's any bad blood with them. I think that they're all genuinely happy to be back together again, even though this song is a little bit the Justin Timberlake show, like we've explained. I'm really excited to hear more of what NSYNC can do in 2023. I don't see it as a, in the same category as like, let's recreate Cinderella or Little Mermaid. You know, let's just, or the Star Wars thing, let's just play the hits. It's a beloved group that for so long they weren't together. And it's pretty cool to see like what that group could look like in 20 years later musically. You know, that landscape has changed. I I'm excited to see what they do too. Yeah, I'm not going to say that this song is a new favorite, but I like it. I think it's a, it's a catchy song. If it is indicative of good things to come, I'm excited. When I just said, oh, I'm excited to see what's to come, I don't mean just that musically. Again, it's having them as a thing, united, and, and seeing them be part of 
pop culture, be part of what's going on, you know, the interactions with Taylor Swift, the, all that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm all for it. I think that's a good way to transition back to like the nostalgia aspect of it. Cause I really, you, I really want to hear from you, but <laughs> your relationship with Sync apparently is really big. So <laughs> let's hear it. Let's, it, why was, what was it about them? It's not a, you know, it's not a complicated story. They came out right at the time when I was getting really interested in pop music. They were on Disney Channel pretty frequently. So, of course, that's what I'm watching at the time. So you really got felt like you got to know the guys. And then you get to go to school and say, my favorite's this one. What, what, you know, so it, it was a lot of that <laughs> growing up. I remember for me, I have to be honest, it did help that if I had a crush on a girl and she was like a fan of either NSYNC or Bastard Boys, that would influence my decision. Okay. <laughs> okay. But most of the girls, if not all, that I had a crush on were into NSYNC. Okay, interesting. And I don't know what that says about about me. I feel like that well, says something. <laughs> this is extra interesting because you are a little bit older than me. And Backstreet Boys came out first. So I would sort of expect people a little bit older than me to let, be a little bit more loyal to the Backstreet Boys. I, for some reason, Backstreet Boys really did not work for me that much. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know why. I usually root from the underdog. And I, honestly, I think NSYNC were the number two, like... That was my impression. Oh. Like, in terms of... Those are fighting words. In terms of sales, I, I, right? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert well, on this, but it sounded like Bastard Boys, like, the I Wanted That Way. That was the biggest the biggest thing. Okay. All right. I think it's time for Sophie's history lesson on NSYNC. Oh, shit. You're going to school me. I am. I okay. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you're not wrong, but you also are wrong. Okay. So, <laughs> so here's the history, all right? I'm going to try to do it as fast as I can. <laughs> so, the... Infamous boy band manager Lou Pearlman promised that he would back a group if Chris Kirkpatrick could recruit members. So recruit he did through his own relationships and word of mouth recommendations, and he landed with the lineup that we know and love. The group first found success in Europe, namely in Germany in 1996 with their debut single, I Want You Back. And of course, to come full circle, that was the song that was in the trailer or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the group's self-titled album followed and it became a number one on German top 100 charts. Tearing Up My Heart followed and that became Germany's fastest rising single. I did a little bit of research on this and apparently there is something called the GAS market. Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Oh. Specifically, Europe really likes boy bands. So if you had an American boy band, you tested them in Europe. Really? Yeah. So you went to Germany first. And if they became a hit, you would take them back to America. So, so I have I would never have guessed that. I thought they were they, bigger thing in um, well, maybe not that time period, but like in America. I this I'm I can only speak to 1995. Yeah, 1995. <laughs> but Germany love they love the boys. What can I say? So InSync came back to the U.S. and they were not seeing that same success until an InSync concert special aired on the Disney Channel in July 1998. The concert was actually meant to feature the Backstreet Boys, but they pulled out. And there are a couple reasons for this. I'm not sure what the truth is. One story is Brian Luttrell needed surgery and couldn't perform. The other reason I've heard 
is the Backstreet Boys felt like Disney Channel was too young for them. They felt like they wanted to age out of that market. So maybe that's what you were picking up on at the time that they were trying to be a little too mature. Man, this is like the, I don't know if you're familiar with this, like Marvel has a concept of like, what if? And they go like, what if Peter Parker wasn't bitten by a spider? Like a lot of these oh, like yeah. key moments. What if like this is a this is a moment. What yeah. if Backstreet Boys doesn't turn down that performance and they perform? Yeah, exactly. So the Backstreet Boys manager, Lou Pearlman, see where this is going? He recommends his other act that he has, which is in sync, and they get the concert spot. Sounds like a number two act. Before the concert, their debut self-titled album was number 82 on the charts. After the special, which ran and ran and ran (laughs) over and over, they jumped to number two, overtaking the Backstreet Boys. And now this is a trivia moment for you. Who was what what was number one? The number one album. It's it's 1998. You need a hint? Baby, one more time. No, no. I feel like it's a soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Come on. The big one. Titanic. Titanic, of course. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big one. That's a really good It's a big clue. one. Yeah. <laughs> so InSync, this is the moment that InSync first overtook the Backstreet Boys. But my question is, what material did the Backstreet Boys have at that time out? Both InSync and Backstreet Boys put out albums in 1997. Backstreet Boys had Backstreet's Back, InSync had InSync. Backstreet's Back, that's the one like Backstreet, like with the haunted house? Yeah, the one where they sing Backstreet's Back, all right? (laughs) Yeah, that one. (laughs) Okay, so obviously by the name Backstreet's Back, that was their second album. Their first album came up, I think, in 96. So so before they'd been, yeah, it is. Mid-90s. I I, I always consider it like late 90s. I know, that's what I'm saying. I thought that that the girls that you grew up with probably would have liked Backstreet Boys first. But back, back to my history lesson. NSYNC was fine with taking the Backstreet Boys rejects, or should I say their missed opportunities, because it was making them megastars. In this time period, they did two movie songs. I know one of them. You do know one of them, absolutely. It's with Gloria Stefan. That's right, Music of My Heart. Because we are a movie song podcast, <laughs> I just had to share. Music of My Heart was written by Diane Warren, mm. the queen Diane Warren, and produced by the king, David Foster, for the movie of the same name, which also starred Gloria Estefan. And it was directed by Wes Craven in basically his only non-horror movie. I think I remember that. I mean, I, I didn't, but when you say it, I was like, yes. That rings a bell. Okay. I know that there was like like a weird Wes Craven it, movie. I'd never <laughs> seen it, but that sounds weird to me. Yeah. Uh, their second movie song was a collaboration with Phil Collins on the song Trash in the Camp for the Disney animated movie Tarzan. I did not know this. No? No. Well, it's not in in the movie. Rosie O'Donnell performs it in the movie. And it's kind of a scatting kind of number. Yeah. But for all the promotional material, because NSYNC were like the Disney boys, I remember this promotional spot playing over and over and over again of them recording it. The only damper on their success was Lou Pearlman, their manager, 
There's a great documentary about him called The Boy Band Con. It's on YouTube, I think. And that details all of the goings on, which I can't even begin to summarize. But basically, he was robbing these hardworking kids blind. The Backstreet Boys, too. He had taken the bulk of their revenues and they kind of realized that that was a sucky deal. So they sued him to get out of their contracts. Like that was a sucky deal. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> Very was. well articulated. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I never claimed this was journalism. Okay. <laughs> so the InSync's second album comes out, and the title to that is "No Strings Attached," which is sort of a reference to breaking free from Lou Pearlman. I remember that from back in the day. Every yeah. like TRL, like, every time they were like, "We are free." No Strings Attached, that's the name of the album. Yeah, back to No Strings Attached, this album featured some of NSYNC's most iconic songs, Bye 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 and It's Gonna Be Me. I hear these songs and all I just think about is TRL. Oh yeah. Like I remember being on the phone with friends from school or like the girl I had a crush on and stuff like that and just waiting, like seeing TRL live on the phone. Yeah. And just waiting for the countdown. And waiting if they were going to be... To play the video, yeah. One or two, like, Uh what section? And you go like, yes! The It's Gonna Be Me video was such a big moment. Peak TRL. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And bringing in the puppet doll thing with no strings attached, like, it became such a big part of the video and such a big part of pop culture, even. Like, that was just a moment. The big question with No Strings Attached, though, was, is it going to beat the Backstreet Boys' sales? Because they put out their Millennium album. Which I remember was massive. It was massive. And it actually broke records for first week sales. And it raked in 1.1 million. I wasn't one of them. I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> and the question was, is NSYNC going to do it? I think they did it, right? InSync did it. They sold 1.2 on the first day. Shattered. Shattered the records. It topped off at 2.4 million for the week. More than double. Dang, I got yeah. slapped some facts. <laughs> and I, I did not. Wow. They held that record until 2015, which was broken by Adele's third studio album, 25. Wow. However... Caveat to that. That answers my question. It does answer your question, but it's a little more complicated because maybe even though it was a big deal when it first came out, it also might have been a slower burn because it is on the list of the top selling albums of all time. InSync is not on there. So I don't know if people like 10 years after were like, hey, <laughs> but it for some reason it's on there and InSync is not. Mm. Do not understand why. And then NSYNC dropped their third album, Celebrity, in July 2001, which featured singles Pop, Gone, and Girlfriend. That one made 1.8 million that first week and was followed by two major tours. And then hiatus. 
So I didn't remember this properly. They definitely said that they were on a hiatus Mm -hmm. and still were when Justin Timberlake's Justified album came out in 2002. And that, of course, was a smash hit. They had not yet broken up. So Lance moved to Russia and trained to be a cosmonaut. Do you remember this? He was supposed to be the youngest person in space. I think so. Yeah, I I do associate Lance Bass with space. He's very passionate about space. <laughs> yeah, so. He is. And uh, it it fell apart because of, I think on the recent hot ones that they did, he said it was for insurance purposes that it fell through. So that sucks. He like learned Russian and everything and lived there for ages. And then Joey did Broadway. He was in Rent and Little Shop of Horrors and, and did all of these shows. And no one really said that it was over until 2004. Well, Sophie, you kind of snuck in that other sock set of there. I did, I did. <laughs> so now that we've gone through all of NSYNC's albums and their biggest hits, I was very interested to learn what their Mount Rushmore is for their own songs. They talked about it on Hot Ones. They I, did? They did. And I would play a clip of it, but they're they're all like drooling because they had <laughs> too much uh, hot sauce. So uh, I'll, I'll just recount it here for you. Their list was, I thought she knew. <gasps> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> okay. Peace. Their list was, I thought she knew. Bye, bye, bye. Ta- mm-hmm. Tearing up my heart. Yes. It's going to be me. <laughs> and apparently a Mount Rushmore is only four. So <laughs> they slid in there. This I promise you. I would like to shake each one of them on the hand and say like, yes, you nailed it. Yeah, right. I was going to say, well, no, the first one, like you don't need five. You need four. The last four, the first one, I don't think like they might like. I, I'm sure it's a great song. It's a beautiful song. But I am a very good sample of I am familiar with their work. I know them. I don't know that song. I think that that's a personal problem. No. (laughs) If that was one of their Mount Rushmore's, I would know that song, like the other ones. Well, I think that you need to take a listen to I Thought She Knew again, because it is a beautiful song. And if you want to hear probably the best harmonies in the whole wide world. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Yeah, you are. It is a beautiful song. Harmonies. Mwah, chef's kiss. I have a question for a hardcore NSYNC fan. Mm-hmm. If there's, is there one in the room? Yes. Yes. How do you guys feel about pop? The song pop? Yeah. I love it. Okay, me too. But it wasn't on the Mount Rushmore. Chris Kirkpatrick threw it out there. The others did not elevate that song. I think it's probably up there. It's in, it's in the top 10 for sure. That's the one where Justin Timberlake goes... Yeah, basically that, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I like I think he's a little bit embarrassed by that that part of his history. Yeah, Yeah, he's probably like, don't talk about that one. (laughs) Before Hot Ones... Don't bring up my beatboxing. <laughs> I think they talked about it. And he looked a little embarrassed. He was like, yeah. Let's spice up. And then just to close out my NSYNC fangirl moment, if you want to like really have just a great time, look up their Super Bowl halftime show from 2001. The mo- It is the moment.
I walked by you watching that clip and I was like, man, that's a lot of star power. It is. So it was in sync. Aerosmith, Britney Spears, Nelly and Mary J. Blige. Like, do you even comprehend what a moment that is? Like they are covering so many genres. They've got pop. They've got R&B. They've got rap. They've got rock. Like that is that is a moment. Off the top of my head, okay. this made me think about something. Again, we talked about soundtracks, just how important they are in, in pop culture. They brought back NSYNC, and no one can ever take that away from the soundtracks. Thank you, trolls. Yeah. But another group came up in this same category as like brought back to life with soundtracks. Oh. A group. And it came up on a research. Do you remember uh, Soundgarden? Oh. They did a song, Live to Rise, for the Avengers movie, the, the first one, the 2012. Okay. This is why I'm not familiar with that song. I didn't see that first Avengers. Yeah, yeah. So they also reunited for a soundtrack this year, speaking of. The big one, Celine Dion, she came back to music with a soundtrack for a movie, Love Again, which is like, I haven't seen the movie. The soundtrack is just like not good. So I'm glad that she kind of like. I'm not even certain what movie that is, but I'm all here for Celine. I, I hope this was just a warm up. Like we need, you know, this isn't Celine Dion soundtrack form, but she's just warming up. I, I tried Googling this for a bit. A really hard thing to Google. <laughs> Artists or bands that have reunited for soundtrack. It, that is a very specific <laughs> yes. search. Yeah. Yeah. Google wasn't that helpful. Okay. I'm sure there has to be more. I just don't know them off the top of my head. But I would love if, if someone listening to this either knows one or can find some info on that. I would love to start putting together like this subgenre of the soundtrack discussion. That's amazing. Yeah. If anyone like, knows, sound off on our socials. We're on at the song will go on anywhere. Okay. This goes back to what we, we touched on a little bit earlier, but I have an off the dome question. Besides Oingo Boingo, what group would you want to see reunite for a movie song? Sophie, I love that question. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much that I'm thinking about how much I love that question instead of answering it. It's a toughie. It's but, a toughie. This is a very timely question because right now I'm sticking to people who are alive, by the way, because a lot of the answers. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. But there's a certain band right now doing press tour for a re-release of the concert. Hell, we have the same one! <laughs> <laughs> talking Heads. Yeah, that's what I came up with too. Yeah, Talking Heads <laughs> because, I mean, just seeing them together with all the stuff making sense. Yep. The thing is also David Byrne recently, remember, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once That's right. had a, a movie song, right? What yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, called This Is a Life. It's with Sun Lux and Mitski. This is a light. Many lives that could have Free been from entropy. 
So yeah, he would be down to do movie songs. Exactly. We both really loved American Utopia, which is, I mean, yeah. kind of Talking Head-ish. He did Talking Head songs on, on there, yeah. Soundtracks. Can we make this happen? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a really great marketing tool to do, to do a new single, but... Oh, Not for anyway. trolls, though, please. You know what? I'll take it anywhere I can get it. Talking heads and trolls, no. I will take it anywhere the I can get it. The other one, I guess I came to mind, obviously, Ongo Boingo will be dream scenario, and I would just mm-hmm. just lose my shit. Um, it would be cool to see Oasis come back. <laughs> if they don't kill each other. <laughs> I know, but I really like... Uh, this isn't... I don't think this is original to that movie, Stay Young from the faculty. Hmm. I think I love that song and that soundtrack. That soundtrack overall is pretty good. I, lo- I like that movie. So I love this. We should do more emergency pods. <laughs> yeah, thanks everybody for joining us for this impromptu episode. It's been a lot of fun and not just because we're talking about NSYNC, for me personally. I would say forget about reaching out to us about what bands reunited for soundtracks. Sophie's question is way better. What would be your ultimate, like, if you can have a band come together for a soundtrack movie? Yeah. Like, we would love to hear that. And you can reach us on Instagram, at the song will go on, Twitter. But we're more active on Instagram, if, if I have to say. Yeah, but, um, TikTok, we're starting to put stuff out there. Yes, we have big plans for that space. Give us a follow. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And let us know who you want to get back together for a movie song. And, and if you have too much to say, like Sophie with NSYNC, you can <laughs> reach us via email. The song will go on at Gmail. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys who are listening to the pod. What are your takes on these things? But yeah. Also, while we've got you here, we have some pretty cool plans for October because it is officially spooky season. So we have all horror themed songs coming out for this month. So stay tuned for that. See you in the next one. Bye. The song will go on is written, researched, and produced by Sophie Matano and Paolo Garcia. Theme music is composed by William Russell. Consulting producers are JP Lee and Jonathan Fisher. Recording, editing, and mixing by Sophie Matano and Paolo Grassini. The song will go on. It's a Gigawatts podcast. You can find Gigawatts on YouTube and on Instagram at gigawatts underscore YouTube.